2: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
3: You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Antibas.
1: Hey, what up? Welcome in. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. Man, we got a great couple of pods for you with Stanley Johnson. Um, we'll get to the NBA playoffs as so far Brooklyn has qualified for the playoffs. I, I do wonder if it's a bit of fool's gold, you know. Kyrie played unbelievably. So did Kevin Durant, and they still kind of struggled to put away the Cavs. Now they got the Boston Celtics, obviously a step up in weight class. On the other hand, no Robert Williams, that changes the Celtics dramatically. Um, you know, as for the Minnesota Timberwolves beating the Boston beating the LA Clippers, I mean, look, the, the, the Timberwolves look dangerously close to becoming a big time team, but they're still. A, a massive step away, right? Beating the Clippers, who have been depleted all year uh, without Kawhi Leonard, is a great win and a great home win. And they have every right to stick out their chest. And who has any? Who cares about them celebrating a win? I don't. I can make fun of them for celebrating getting into the playoffs with a, with a franchise that's been that down for that long. Um, but let's not act like they've arrived just yet. There's there's several steps between making the playoffs and having arrived. So all that bravado becomes forced. And becomes false if they fall flat once they get to the playoffs. All right, let's dive in. Stan Johnson, of course, was the eighth pick of the NBA draft of the Detroit Pistons. But how did he get there? A high school, what I love the expression, all solar system player, a high school American, a one and done player at Arizona. And did he want to leave right away? Did he want to leave midway when they lost to Wisconsin? What were the feelings like in terms of uh, when he wanted to depart for the NBA? Why did he choose Sean Miller? Did he get paid to go to Arizona? Let's dig in with all of it with our conversation with Stanley Johnson. Okay. So I want to get to this year, you know, solidifying yourself as a Laker, all that you've been through. Um, But uh, you know, I think your background, your upbringing, what got you, what made you who you are is super, super interesting. And I think a lot of people in basketball and who have followed your career know some pieces about your mom, but just your earliest memory of basketball is where is, is where
2: um, I'm, I'm glad you asked me that um, man. I can just remember, um, As a kid, having a hoop in the house Um, and the thing, I I mean, I wouldn't say this is my earliest memory, but I would say the thing I remember a lot, like the most, I think the I think something that can like bring it all together for everybody um, is so we'd be in the car when I was a kid um, and my mom, like, you know, she. Didn't have the money to send me to work out people and stuff like that. And she's from the South. So she's like fundamentals, like dribble with your left hand, tie your right hand behind your back to, to let you learn how to dribble with your left. Um, so, we, you know, she's trying to teach me the game and she played it and she was, you know, she was damn good at it. Um, so we'd be in the car and she'd be like asking me questions. Like we're down to, um, there's five seconds left. Like, what are you supposed to do? What movie are you going to go to? You know? Like stuff like that. Um, What's, the so like, What's the proper
1: answer? What's the proper to that? I mean,
2: I, I, th- I mean, if I was down two with five seconds left and it was our ball, um, which is funny, it never happened to me in high school. Yeah, um, get the ball, you shoot a three, you make it. <laughs> like I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what I was supposed to do at that point though, But
1: <laughs> so, so, but so, I, I know she coached you. I know she was. Hard on you. Okay. Yeah. But so, so let's say you're 10, 11, 12, like where, where, where was your team? Where, where were you living at the, where were you guys live at the time?
2: We had just moved to, uh, we had just moved to Orange County, um, maybe a little before that. Um, I was playing for the SoCal Tigers. That was her AAU team at the time. Um, I might have been playing for Aim High with Kenny Smith at the time. Uh, I'm only 25,
1: but it feels like, it feels like a long time ago. Um, so, we're so playing many teams and so So, like your 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 Tigers team that she coached. Yeah. Right? Who was on the team? Uh, me, Brandon Billups,
2: Tommy Nelson, Max Redfield. Um, I'm gonna forget so many names here. Um, Chris Reyes. He went to Utah. I remember him. He put. He went to Utah. Played against me in Utah. Um. Mm-hmm. Who else? Well, were, your, were your
1: jerseys nice? Or were they just like
2: they like, were? Uh, yeah, they were. They were actually really nice. I remember because uh, we, you know, my mom did everything. So I would go with her to get the jerseys made. I would go with her to, to print the shirts out. I would go with her to order the shoes. Like everything, everything she did with the with the with the with the team was out of her doing, out of her own pocket. Um, some, I, you know, toward the end, I think about 12, 13 for me. We started getting sponsorships from you know Adidas, Adidas, and sent us some shoes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was uh, she used to go to, to to just get them printed and she ended up figuring out who makes uh, whoever you know, all these schools get Nike jerseys and they send them in to a, a certain company, so she ended up f- finding out who uh, who does that. And we see, I mean, the jerseys were nice. Um, she had a girls' team as well. Um, a lot of her girls, a lot of her girls. Uh, ended up, you know,
1: playing soccer, or playing volleyball, going to college. Um, yeah, because because what, you, awesome what you learn is, I, I think what you learn, and like I, I have, I kind of like restarted my dad's program, and I'm coaching teams. I'm coaching my son today. That's is, awesome. Is that, and I have some multi-sport kids. Is that the things that you're going to teach them about sports and about work ethic and about playing together? Like they carry over to any sport. And yeah. And the kids that, like, it, the kids that it resonates with, like, they're going to use it. And here's the other thing about your AU team. So it's crazy. So my dad, uh, we started, he got fired in college, like, in 84. And then he kind of bounced around and started one with my brother. But, like, my group that we played, that I played with in four like, so Miles Simon, who I know, trained mm-hmm. you and coached you, obviously, this year. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was the, the first year. Of NJB and for people who are outside Orange County, Southern California, NJB no, is no, like... No, 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 nothing about that. It's like the it's like <laughs> it's like high level rack, not yet club level basketball. Yeah. But I played in the first ever NJB game at Anaheim High School. And then Miles. That's with, crazy. Miles and I played against each other in the championship um in fourth grade. And then his dad like walked over to my dad and they we like joined forces. And so we played mm-hmm. together all growing up right yeah um, the guys that were on our team like um adam jacobson is the associate head coach at at uh at uh cbu at cal baptist he played he was a great player at pacific um there's uh cameron sufi played with us he's been an nba coach he played it at saint mary's yeah, you know, we had Charles O'Bannon, who, of course, played at UCLA. Yep. Tariq Turner started at St. – he moved to Virginia. He started St. John's. Like, you kind of go through this list of dudes and everybody – and then we have other guys that played – Jason Reynolds played with me in high school. He played football at Arizona State. So it's it's interesting on how guys that are sports guys that play together on youth teams, there is something to the, the ones that are – one, they're a little bit athletically advanced, but also the ones that buy into – some of the work ethic things it takes, and the mentality it takes. Now she was the Tigers because of Jackson State, right? Now, did you know that's why she picked the team as the Tigers? Yeah, um, she was. I knew that she. Uh,
2: so our first colors were yellow, yellow, black, and then um, she put um, the royal blue in there um, for the Tigers. Um, I'm not. I forget the conversation, but I remember. I remember talking about it a lot with her, um, because there was other teams in the, in the way. Um, cause I actually, I used to play football. I used to play odd job football. Um, uh, I used to have to like lose weight and stuff for that. Um, I couldn't play pop Warner. Yeah. So while, while I was playing football during the football season, she put me in NJB at the same time. Cause it was a little like, you know, the club yeah, team. Yeah. Just keep it. Yeah. True. Club teams are a little too serious. Um, and there was a lot of club teams. There's a lot of club teams. So we, she didn't want to copy anybody. So it, that took a little, a little while um we would have been the same colors as jackson state but there's a team out of uh the tar hills out of i want to say like in the inland empire uh, at the time um that were carolina colors um so she didn't want to go back with the jackson state's like navy and white and black yeah
1: yeah so yeah just is amazing so um what was she like as a coach like you know, what was her what was she like on the sideline? What was she like in terms of how hard she was on you? Like what what was what was her style of coaching? Um uh,
2: she was awesome. Um she was an awesome coach. Like I, I get people coming up to me now, um, that, you know, loved her. He's my favorite coach for sure. She was super super emotional about it. Um, we practiced hard as hell. <laughs> we practice hard as hell. Um, conditioning and all types of stuff. Um, we do uh, we'd be like we'd be like nine years old at a three-hour practice, like track before the practice and stuff like that. It was like the craziest shit in the world. <laughs> like
1: um, you, you know, you know, you know what's interesting is, and I'm sure you guys see it with the WNBA, but like when you see like youth basketball, like, I feel like the girls are kind of tougher. A lot of them are tougher than the guys. Yeah, like they're, they're they're and they're and the moms, the moms that are hardcore, like their kids are way like the, these moms. Like the dad sometimes would be like, you know, he'd be all right, he would be, I just had a bad, like the mom's were like, nah, F that. Like yeah. he was, exactly. soft. <laughs> you're like, damn, I love this mom. She's amazing. She, she's amazing. So, okay. So you're, you're uh, like at 15, you go into high school Yeah, and now, you're not, now you're not playing for. Her. Yeah. What was that like for you? Cause some kids get the, where they're always kind of, they make eye contact with their mom like for approval for their dad for approval because they played with them growing up. What was it like to advance to where you weren't playing for her anymore? I don't I would never
2: like when I left, when I left when when my mom left the program, I mean for me, that for us as a family, it was just me and my mom. Um that was the way we paid our bills, like, you know, so you know, me not playing for the program was more of a decision for me to get to a better place in my career where it really yeah. was for me to, uh, like, actually, like, you know, go program to program. Like, I ended up going to Aim High. Um, I did double I did double time with Aim High uh, with Kenny Smith for a while. Um, and then he he and my mom came together and ended up sending me to, like, the Oakland Soldiers and Council Supreme at the time, which is, like, two of Nike's teams. Right. Um, and I ended up playing for Dino. Uh, Trigonis, which is like, you know, everybody knows who Dino is in Southern California. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't never, it never, like, my mom, like, like she still coached me, like, like I said before, like, we'd be in the car and she asked me about this play and this play and this play and that stuff. And she's worked at the gyms, um, where I play at. Um, so we we're able to figure it out. Um, but it was definitely hard not playing for her. It was kind of like the first thing. Um, it definitely helped me because. In that same year, I was going through USA Trials and all these other things where I was getting coached by other people. And, and my mom was really hard on me. And she really, like, you know, some people are, I'm one of those kids who needed hard coaching. Um, if it was, you know, easy coaching and stuff, I get away with stuff, I would I would like, you know, mess around too much. So I think it was the perfect time for me to start branching out. So uh, it was, I think it was about 12 years old, 12, 13. I always played up. So I think about 12 years old when I start playing, I think I was 12, 11 and 12 years old when I started playing, um, But the council premium at first, we were playing 14U um, under, 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 like, you know, under the UIBL kind of like umbrella.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
2: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret.
3: Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store.
1: So so now you're in now you're in high school, you're at Mother Day, you know, you're traveling all around the country playing high-level AU basketball. Um what, what, what's that experience? What's that experience like in terms of like, now you're a pro and you've made it right. So like you have kind of the perfect perspective. What, what is the thing that, that, that helps you the most now and what was something maybe that um, like, like I feel like there's, we make lots of comments as people on my side of the industry and we kind of, because we're older and we're like, well, they play so many games now they don't matter as much. And, yeah. don't, but, but again, this is commentary from people that aren't going through the process. You've been through all this process. Okay. Let's start with the positive. One thing that in those tournaments and travel and different coaches and whatever helped, helped you get ready for what you do today.
2: Hmm. Mm. I just think, like, for me, it was just, like, the love of basketball. Like, like I learned how to love basketball through all that stuff, like, through everything. Um, I played a lot. Like, I remember one summer, um, I was so mad that they thought I was, like, bad at basketball or something like that. Um, I played in every effing tournament I could, I'm talking about, I was playing every weekend. I played like from spring to summer. I think it was like going into my junior year. I was at Pangos. I was this, I was doing everything. Um, and then by the way, like you meet all the people that I'm playing against now, <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah. you know, it's like a big AAU circuit in the NBA. Um, people always joke about it in the locker room. Um, so it was like fun in that se- in that fashion, uh, and you kind of learn how to compete, I feel like, cause in the NBA, obviously these are the best kids, these are the best guys in the world. And at some point in time, like obviously these are J- these are four year windows, but you're gonna catch some of the best guys in the world. Like I played against Devin Booker, I played against D'Angelo, I played against Carl Towns. Um, you know, all like, you know, those are guys like come come first to my head, Kelly Uber as like one of my best friends and Justice Winslow, all these guys. I played against, like, every day, every weekend um, growing up. And now, you know, playing against them in the league, it's crazy they do the same stuff, but they're just really, really a lot better at it now. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Man, he's been doing that for 10 years? He's yeah, he's been doing, <laughs> like,
2: D-Book. Like, you were always surprised. Like, D-Book's been doing that stuff for a long time, a long time. Um, and, and he's similar too, right? His dad was a great player. Your mom was a great player. Yeah. And, him, and him, him, my dad and his mom actually like went to the same high junior high thing, junior high or high
1: school. That's crazy. Um, crazy and, enough. Crazy uh, enough. So uh okay, so what's a, what's a negative? If you could change something about the circuit, about AU basketball that would help guys like you, what would it be?
2: It was, It's was kind of like what you said before. You said like, oh, you got there and you're, you're in the league now. Like, you made it. Like, making it is not getting to the NBA. That's not making it. Like, it is making it. You get to feed your family. And, and I'm, I'm blessed out of this world that I was able to, you know, I got picked eighth and all that stuff like that. But making it into staying in the NBA and finishing the course, finish your career, here, um, that's making it, in my opinion. And I think with the AAU and this, you know, popcorn microwave society we live in now with social media especially now with the nil deals and people are getting paid out the yin yang um just getting to the league and having the cash there being an nba player and being in you know what, what we would call a certain fraternity um is like what what kids want and they think they get here and it's all about you know it's all good it's all good like at that point in time it's just go what goes um and it's far from it like it's far from it. And I had the pleasure this year, obviously, of playing with these Hall of Fame guys all over the place. Um, and it's really refreshing to be around like that old school basketball feel that like, you know, that like really put in the work and really like understand what's going on. And it, it was no like popcorn or anything this year, even though we sucked and we lost. Um like this is what it is, but it was really good to, to have that type of energy around like we we kept it as much as we could. We try to keep it
1: um, as positive as possible. Why do you why did you choose Arizona? What was it about Arizona that spoke to you? Um, Sean Miller, honestly, um, me and
2: Sean just had a really good relationship. Um, he recruited me hard as hard as hell. We uh I remember I went on official visit, it was just a guy I could trust. Like even I'm glad I made it because dude at the end, like I wanted to stay in college. Um and we were talking about it. And he was just like, man, if you're my son and obviously like you know, you have this opportunity, like you know, honestly, I can't as a coach, I can't tell you to to stay. You know, I'm not sure what coach would how many coaches would say. I'm sure some coaches would. I know there's some coaches that would say it for sure. Um, but I'm not sure how many coaches would, especially, you know, I was, I wasn't like the first or second pick. I was like, you know, between whatever I was at the time. Um, but he was always super, super honest with me. Um, really, really cool with me. Um, my family as well. My mom as well. He, my mom trusted him as well.
1: And that was like really big with me.
2: Okay. Um, but, but, but,
1: But, but, but help me, help me out here, Stan, because I think what happens is here's what happens I do a pod with you. I ask you about Sean, who just got the Xavier job, right? And we're talking about Dona, and you're a first-team All-American. So the assumption is from people who don't know, okay? Well, Sean just paid you. That's what happened. You know, (laughs) he right. That's again. I'm not making any commentary. I'm telling you what. What a uh, the average basketball fan, and maybe even some that we have lots of coaches that listen to this thing, and other players like ah. Of course he was getting good, good with him. He just, he gave, he, you know, it was a brown paper bag. What yeah. actually, how, how, how actually did it work? Like what, what was the establishment of the relationship? Um, how, how did it work? I'm glad you asked that. And and the thing is,
2: is, is funny enough is, so what I'm, me and him had a, he, he had came to visit me. Um, I'm not sure at some point in time my senior year. And me and him had a real conversation that I, you know, I probably didn't feel comfortable having with anybody else, um, any other coach, I would say. So he brought this file, like this big file from compliance, right? And every coach, anybody who says I got paid would know what compliance is. And it's basically every time he came to visit me or every time he came to see a game. That joint was dating from the day (laughs) I could be seen until the day I, to the day I didn't, you know, till I was done. And it was like file on file on file on file on file. I'm talking about every flight he took, every dinner he he ate with Joe and and Book and all these guys. Like all that was in there. It was a, it was like a it was like two and a half year file. Um, I never tried another coach and say like, yo, let me see your compliance file. Like you know what that what does that look like? But if any coach ever had it like he did, then they they probably would have showed it. Because he put the work in for it. Like he, 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 he made the relationship. He, especially Joe, Joe P now, me and Joe P still talk. Me and Sean still talk. Um, like I really like like those dudes. Those are, you know, those are like my guys. Um, yeah. David Miller, me and Dave Miller still talk. Um, so it was way different. Like, especially being him being in the West Coast, it was just a little different between um myself and him and and the staff at the time. Um it was a lot different it was a lot different. Like we put the time in and obviously like, I know a lot of people who went to Arizona, Miles Simon, Derek Williams, Nick Johnson, like, you know, Aaron Gordon. Um, for me, it was, I had the relationships already. It was already easy for us um, to walk around. And especially after going on campus on my first unofficial and seeing everybody like face to face and, you know, not just talking about Aaron Gordon, talking about myself, mm-hmm. um, it was a little easier. Like we, anyway, the relationship was a, little, it was, a little, it was a little easier than it, than it was everywhere else uh, i'll say that i feel, I believe i believe if i went somewhere else um other than kentucky um other than kentucky i would not be talking to them at this point everybody i know a lot of guys i'm gonna say no names i know a lot of guys who don't even talk to their college don't even talk to their college coach don't talk to anybody around there anymore they were there for you know a year it was transactional they left and went home um, a lot of kids don't understand, like, you know, obviously it works out for me and it works out for a lot of guys, but there's a lot of guys who doesn't work. It does not work out for. It. And those guys in the transfer portal, those guys are, um, going their four years and hardly playing. And, you know, their dream of going to the NBA or playing overseas, like year by year, it goes away because, you know, the relationship and the
1: opportunities not there anymore. Um, so That's, it's, a, it's a great, it's a great point you make that I don't think, I, I think people think that when I say it, ah, dude, you're you're an old man, you're old school. It's like not not that way. Things are different now. But the, the truth is, you do need a place to call home. You do need a base for when you're done playing. Right. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously, you you, know, you go to Arizona, you're one and done. And they do a great job when Sean was there. And I still, uh, and you guys are all super tight. There's like a a true basketball family. But when you bounce school to school, like there's no real basketball family that's going to claim you when you've been, you know, when you've been to three or four schools.
2: Yeah. It's just like loyalty in general. Like who would, like, if you had a girlfriend and you bounce around three times, she wouldn't claim you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So (laughs) like, I don't know what you would expect from, especially at college. You know, it's like one of those things. Like I remember my mom telling me one time, um, She, you know, I had the three schools and we had stuff written down and all this stuff. She's like, listen, like, you know, there's three important decisions. You know, you already made one of them. You know, obviously choosing, choosing Christ, choosing God. The next two will be getting married and picking college. Those are only, those are only three or two other decisions you have to make in your life right now. That are like in your, like, you know, next 30 to 40 year future. These are important decisions. Like these are very, very important decisions. Like what your major is, is important. So you need to sit down and like you know do this stuff and like really commit to this stuff because there's only one time you get to do this, like there's no, there's only one go at this. After that, who you get
1: married to and where you go to college at, that's one go. After that, it's all messed up. Uh, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about your senior year, okay? Because you guys went undefeated, perfect season, but there were some yeah. there were some crazy games, right? The Chino Hills game. Um, you played. Uh, uh, there was the Etowanda was like a double overtime, right? And that was the, uh, yeah. was a, like a, like a playoff game. And then of course you you went when you, if you close your eyes right now, and you and you think of eight years ago playing at Modern Day on a on a for a perfect season. What do you remember the most?
2: Um, what I remember the most about that season is there should have been four other guys. There was a guy who there was a guy who uh he would go nameless today. There was a guy who, uh, ended up quitting. I I, I walked in the modern day with, with a, with a, with a five, five person freshman class that were all, um, you know, good players at the time, you know, ranked or whatever, we you know, whatever they do, um, for, you know, grading players at the time. Um, I left there by myself. And that was like, to me, I remember that the most, like, it was hard, like, you know, winning, winning all those games and stuff like that. But like how, what we have at modern day and what we had and, um, what they have over there now, still, they're still winning a lot of games is just like a family. So like, you know, there's a system over there. Like we get, no, we get stuff done. Um, but to me, like it was never really about, like, I never really, it was always about basketball, but it was never really about basketball. Like it was really about like relationships and friendships and building stuff. like. You know, going my mom, my mom kept it school, kept it friendly. Like you know, I went to prom, I went to all these things, Um, and I was just really like, I remember like at the end of my time, like I was in the hotel after you know after the season, there was no senior there to celebrate with. There was nobody there who had four rings with me. Um, There was nobody there. It was like everybody, like all the winning, all the stuff that we had did it,
1: kind of deteriorated the family that I thought we had my my first year. Was it was Um, it was it jealousy? Was it uh, was it guys just they wanted the ball more? Honestly, Doug, I'm not going to like go into all that. Um, Like,
2: I don't you know, I really don't know for 100 percent fact. Um, As in any situation, like there is a maturing process. When I started as as a freshman at modern day, I did not start. I hardly played. There's a freshman who played over me. I came in and I played the five. I'm like, like I'm playing now, funny enough. Right. Yeah. Um, like I played post, I didn't shoot, I didn't touch the ball. Like, you know, and eventually like over time you just chip out the block
1: um, and you get there. You, you know what, you know what that's about though. You had a mom that understood it, that got the process. Whereas yeah. there are a lot of parents or a lot of kids, obviously kids sometimes don't understand the process. Right. But that's it's very it's very understandable when you have a, a not everybody whose parent played, but uh, parents that play, they get it like, look, this is where you start and this is where you end. You know, yeah. like, you know, I mean, that's that's just kind of how it I mean, we, we talk about Miles a lot. Like he didn't play. Oh, yeah. He's definitely that way. <laughs> his junior year. He didn't play varsity till his junior year. Yeah. You know, so. um uh, but and and his dad was a great player. So he he got it. Like they're good players ahead of him. And he had to get better. And he did. And he kept getting better. Yeah. Um okay, so you you go to you go to Arizona. You show up at Arizona, um, and you know, Parker Jackson Cartwright, another SoCal guy shows up, TJ McConnell is there. Um, you guys have a you know, you guys have a good good little squad. Uh what are your what 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 were your first memories of going to the university of arizona being away from home on your own it was a uh, it was a blast
2: man um i remember my first practice uh sean like <laughs> he woke me up man I was, I was so funny he just like i don't know he just did this thing and like it was so funny he just he just <laughs> he started yelling at me um and I was like, now thinking about it, like obviously it woke the whole gym up because, like, I, like I, like, what are you yelling at me for? Like, all I do is come to the gym and work out all day, and you know, go home and come back again. And I'm like, you know, I'm the, I'm, 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 I'm preparing for practice. Like, I'm preparing for a game. Like, I was there like an hour before shooting, getting ready for practice. I was already sweating before practice even started. So we're doing this like two line drill, going around the court, um, and everybody's like, you know. He says, "All you got is all you got is three dribbles. I I can get there if I get an outlet pass. All I really need is one. So I, you know, I throw the ball out, take my two steps, dunk it, do it again, and then he he stops the drill. He's like, Stanley, what do you think this is? This ain't no modern day anymore. This is Arizona. This is Arizona. We get the we get the bars that you say let me try to kick your ass." You need to, you need to F and boom, 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 dunk the ball, run out again. You know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Like it was, it was, uh, it was like one of my rookie moments, I guess, um, <laughs> go to Arizona. And I was like, oh, wow. Like <laughs> I was like flustered for a second. Uh, but me, TJ, TJ was the best to me at Arizona. Like he, he was like there to help me all the time. Like anywhere I was, anything I needed. Like I was, I was obviously his fifth year as a senior. Um, he was, he was old as hell. Um, (laughs) so he was, he always helped me. Like he always, he was was the
1: best leader ever. But if I would have told you, I would told you, okay. When you show up and you guys are playing like pickup ball, right. That he would still be in the league and Brandon Ashley would not. Right. Like, what would you say? Like how now go ahead. Now I wouldn't be able to tell you that
2: Brandon Ashley would not be in the league. I would not be able to tell you that. But I would be able to tell you that TJ McConnell would. And me and my friend Adrian Stelly, we have, we have, we, we had like a little running, like a little running joke or a running bet. Um, and I bet on him. Because I can just like you can just tell. You can just tell like what he was doing and how he played and everything he was doing. Like, if he gets an opportunity to play in the NBA, just get on the court. There's a lot of optics and stuff that go in. But if he gets the opportunity to play, he's going to stick. He does everything right. He's the best dude. He's the best dude. Like, the dude has pure. He's, like, pure as, pure as hell. He's the best dude. Um, and he can hoop. So, it's like, he can run a team and he can hoop. So, it's, like, one of those things where, you know, he's not going to jump the high. He's not going to run the fastest. Like, he's not going to wow you in a, in a combine or especially in a workout. You know, he's, he's just what he is, you know. Yeah. But no, somebody no. who cares about winning. Like yep. really like goes home. Like I was in a room with them. Like I, I used to room with them on the road. Like this dude would be like distraught. Like we like, you know, get even close to losing or he played like, you know, have a turnover. He'd be distraught like about it, like, like that. And I'd be like, you know, TJ relax, chill, man. Like we're good. We just won. Like, you know, we're going to win again, <laughs> like whatever. Like, But he'd be like on it all the time. Um, so I kind of like I always I I mean T J will tell you this I told him all the time I said bro don't worry about the NBA like don't worry about that just worry about what we are doing here and like you're gonna make the league like obviously you're gonna make the league come on um, and he's doing well for himself so I'm not surprised like I you know out of all of us like shit me eight oh me Rondell Gabe T J
1: kind of <laughs> you see Gabe just made he just he scored seven last night he got the game ball he, he finally finally made it. Oh, I I did not see that. I did not yeah, see that. Gabe York, uh, the Pacers game, the game ball. He, that was his first NBA game, scored his first NBA points. Oh, God bless him. I'm happy for him, man. He he,
2: he works hard at it. He's, he, that's been obviously all of our dreams, but that's definitely been a dream for him. i know that for a while.
1: Um, all right, I'm going to fast forward because I know you got you to gotta go to this, way, this part of it. Um, you guys had an unbelievable year. For people who forgot, right, you won 14 in a row. You won the Pac-10, Pac-12. Won the Pac-12 tournament, uh, oh. and you're you're playing in the Elite Eight at Staples. You're yeah. in SoCal with a bunch of SoCal dudes with the hottest team, and you look down the other end, and there's Wisconsin. What happened? Yeah, I got poked in the eye.
2: Who poked you? That was it. Um, I don't remember who poked me. I don't remember who poked me. I got poked in the eye. I mean, I don't, I don't care what anybody thinks. I, I as long as I go. Once I live, I don't get poked in the eye. That game changes for sure. I got poked in the eye, you know, say I don't make a shot. Sam Decker hits like four or five threes while I'm in the lot in the back. I actually end up coming out because I keep hearing the crowd and I know it's the our crowd. Um, we we're up. I'm not sure how much we were up or down or whatever. We um, yeah, I got poked in the eye. That's how basketball goes. Like, I'm not going to blame it on excuse. They were a good team. Frank Kaminsky was playing awesome. They had the, the left handed kid, the point guard was playing awesome. Nigel Hayes was playing awesome. Um, they're, you know, they're a good team who says we win the whole thing. Um, but in that game on that day, um, I believe if I can finish the game and play all, all the minutes, um, at some point in time, we, we, we crack them. Um, we beat them. That's just the type of game I thought it was going to be. I kind of felt it. I wasn't playing great that game, but I was kind of catching, like, I was like, I remember, I remember feeling myself kind of catching, a catching it, like kind of catching, like catching the ride. Yeah, because at that point in time, I was so young, I, I didn't really like understand like how to really like attack defenses and, all, you know, stuff like that. But I kind of like, you know, one thing I, I do remember, especially like versus Utah, they had the same game plan versus Utah, uh, which is like boxing elbows when Stanley gets it. And eventually, like I saw them start not to believe in it. And it, it was like at the top, it was at the top of the second half. I got poked probably like mid. First, war, first or second war, every war was four minutes. Every, like, every war was four minutes. So, like, probably, like, like, around the 12 to 14-minute mark I got poked. Um, I, I wasn't the same for the next two weeks. Damn sure, damn sure the same in the game. Um, and as soon as I felt like they were kind of easing off the gap just enough for me to start cracking them gaps, I
1: got poked. Um, and that was that. That was that. Yep. Wars are wars are the four-minute segments, right? And that's a big... Yeah. That's- Sean thing, yeah. You got, got to, got to, got to win each war. When yeah. you're, when you're. Last thing before you go, okay. When you're sitting around the locker room, I think a lot of people. And again, if this is the case, you, like this is your forum. But a lot of people think, well, you're a one and done. You won everything in high school. You lose a game in college. All right, I'm going on the league. AU mentality. There's always another game. Yeah. What um. What emotionally was it like? Uh, in that Elite Eight locker room when you lost? Bro, um, I don't know. Like, for
2: me, I hadn't lost in so long, like, even even, even, even high school, like, AU, Like, I ain't lost. I'm not losing games in general. Um, you know, we won the Pac-12. We did everything right. And for me, I just felt like what I came to Arizona to do, I didn't do. Um, and I felt like I was a pro. Obviously, I wasn't thinking about this stuff. Like right in the locker room, I was just crying, um, and just really, you know, my eye was felt like got gouged. Like I was crying, and you know, my mom, my mom, my dad, just like talking, about, you know, all stuff, a lot of stuff going on at that point in time. Um, but for me, it was just like almost like, like I told Sean, I would come here and at least get, to, like, at least get to the final four. Like, damn. Um, and I didn't do it. We didn't do it. So I was. I was just like, I'm coming back. Like, there's no way I'm leaving Arizona like this. Like, there's no way. There's no way. No way, no how. Like, I was just like, you know, almost like more like high school. Like, you know, I, I lost this couple CIFs in high school and it was like, okay, you know, bring your stuff back together and, you know, get on the horse and come back. Yeah, do it again. Um. So that was my mentality. Like, I didn't never I didn't start thinking about the NBA for like three or four weeks after the season was over. Like I was working out in college, like I was going to class. Like I didn't like, obviously the NBA is on my mind and you know, that's, that's my aspiration. Um, but I had a lot of, a lot of jet lag from how that thing went um, in LA on the in elite eight. It was uh, unfulfilling. Like I, it was super unfulfilling um, all over for us. Um I wish I could have that one back. But obviously, like, man, like, what can you do? Like, it wasn't like a missed shot. It was, I got poked in the eye. I can't do nothing. No, no, like, I got, you know, like, yeah, no, no, but it's like, it's, I don't believe, I don't, I never saw, I've, I've honestly, I've, I've never watched a play over back again. I haven't watched the game. <laughs> like, I haven't watched a highlight from the game, like, ever in my whole life. Um Probably one of those things I'm still mad about or something like that. Um, But yeah, that, you know, It's like, I, I don't know what, I didn't even know how to really, even to this day, I I don't even know how to really bring it in. Um, I think we were the better team. Um, I, I, I believe that. I believed it then I knew it then only thing I wish we'd have done differently is, is not bring what happened the year before to the game, to our game. Like, you know, Frank Kaminsky, like he's like, by the way, like Frank, I I think he was a player of the year that year, by the way. Yeah. Um, he was a he was a motherfucker. Like Sam Decker was a motherfucker. Yeah. Nigel Hayes was a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? These kids were good. Yeah, they got but, three
1: pros, front line. That's that's kind of good. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, they're you know, they're good. And Frank was like, you know, Frank was, whoo, that boy was talking his talk and ooh, he was doing a lot. But, you know, this is not like at that point in time, like I never believed like I'm who I am and the guys who you had then is who you are. So like, you know, we watched like a lot of film. From the year prior and stuff. And they had like a game plan, like for them, like, you know, weeks in advance. And I'm just like, more it was like, you know, to me, especially now with my knowledge I have now, it's like, yo, you know what? If we get to Wisconsin, we get to Wisconsin. If we don't, we don't. Um, but right now, we should just focus on the team that we have and what we could do. And we didn't. And that's why they end up losing. Like, you need, you can't just be like, you can't be five guys. It has to be like eight or nine guys together. And that's what they had. People don't talk about it, but Bronson Koenig, Bronson, yep. number 24 on their team. He had like yep. two or three big shots in that game. probably had like eight points, probably all the points he had. But like that was their sixth man. We had nobody to cover him. <laughs> like nobody. So it was like one of those things that uh, I think we all learn from, all of us in
1: general. Um, because it was listen, a hell of a year. Listen, you gotta you gotta go to your meeting. This is gonna be part one. We're gonna do some more. Kay? Let's do it. I really appreciate your time. I'm not, I'm not going to be the guy that's making you late and we'll, we'll, talk, <laughs> we'll talk soon. Okay. All good, brother. Thanks, man. I right, See ya. Yeah. That was great. That was part one. Um, in part two, we'll get into a deep dive into the LA Lakers, um, how he actually made the Lakers this year. What was wrong with the Lakers? How fixable are the Lakers? And Russell Westbrook, good teammate, bad teammate. We talk about all of it. Uh, by the way, the Doug Gottlieb Show is daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, twelve three 3 Pacific, on your iHeartRadio app, Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, Sirius XM 217 and 203. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and this is all ball.